since we're doing things a little bit different because of the holiday, let me do something that I don't generally do at this time in this hour. And let me bring you this week's edition of The Other Side of Midnight presents Denunciation. I must denounce, and I take no pleasure in doing so, but I must denounce the unhealthiest city in the United States of America. What do you think it is? They ranked 182 cities. And the city that had the overall lowest total score, when you take into account health care, food, fitness, green space, and a lot of other areas as compiled by WalletHub, the unhealthiest city in the entire country is Brownsville, Texas. Never thought I would it would be Brownsville, Texas. But sure enough, according to Wallet Hub, that is the unhealthiest city in these United States. Brownsville, Texas, I do denounce you. Brownsville, Brownsville never ran, never will indeed. Indeed. I must also denounce uh, Daniel Ortega, the dictator of Nicaragua. You know, I was already all set to denounce Daniel Ortega for his treatment of Bishop Rolando Alvarez, who's been sentenced to 26 years in prison by Ortega's dictatorship for nothing. And the Pope, I think, and this is one of the rare instances where I think a Nazi comparison is apt. The Pope says the imprisonment of this Nicaraguan bishop, it reminds him of... Hitler's dictatorships. And these are the types of vulgar dictatorships which were prevalent in the uh, in under fascism and under Nazism. A bishop is in prison, a very serious man and a very capable man who is wrongfully imprisoned thanks to this communist dictator Daniel Ortega. Now, that's bad enough. But what he is doing now, now, in spite of this oppressive government, there's still a lot of Catholics in Nicaragua. In spite of that, he's actually making Easter processions illegal in Nicaragua. I mean, think about that. Nearly half of all Nicaraguans are Catholic. And he is making Easter processions illegal? This is crazy. Um, This has got to be one of the most oppressive regimes in the entire country. Ortega is now proposing suspending relations with the Vatican. They've closed Nicaragua's embassy in Rome. And uh, this is... Absurd. He's banning public vigils for the way of the cross and for Easter. This man is a monster. Daniel Ortega, I do denounce you. I must also denounce a young girl, five-year-old girl, who uh, is the... Uh, 
Lila Nunez is her name, a Massachusetts resident who used her mother's mobile phone to go on an Amazon shopping spree and purchased $4,000 worth of stuff, including she purchased herself five pink motorcycles, 10 pairs of cowgirl boots, and a giant two-seat Jeeps. Jeep. I mean, my son presses the buttons on our remote control, and I think he ordered a season the other day on Apple of Better Call the Midwife, or whatever that show is called, for $12. Do you know how furious I'd be if my son spent $4,000 on Amazon? I mean, this little girl asked to use her mother's mobile phone, and then she intentionally bought all this stuff without her mother's permission. So the mother gives her the phone. Let this be a lesson to all of you parents out there. The mother gives her the phone, figuring she wants to play games on there. And soon she receives a late-night message from Amazon notifying her of extreme spending. This five-year-old girl ran up a $4,000 bill. And uh, this is just ridiculous. And the little girl confessed um, that she had done this. But I think this is terrible. And um, she's using this as a teaching experience for the five-year-old. She is foregoing a punishment for the time being and using this as a learning experience. The transactions for the cowboy boots were canceled just before they left the White House, the uh, warehouse. The bikes and Jeep came out to $3,100. The boots alone were about $600. And um, originally they were un- non-returnable, but... She frantically called the company's customer service department, and they did the right thing here. They allowed her to return all this stuff. So there you have it. Lila, I do denounce you. As Alec Baldwin would say, I don't give a damn that you're five years old. I must denounce the Ford Motor Company, and I hate to do this because I love American vehicles I love uh, Ford as a company. I love that picture, Ford versus Ferrari. I love the great traditions uh, and the great innovations in the history of the Ford Motor Company. One of my favorite cars that I've ever driven was a uh, Ford Taurus. And it's a wonderful car. And I always kind of would stick up for Ford whenever people would use that acronym, Fix or Repair Daily. I, uh, I, I... it wasn't my experience. I had nothing but good experiences driving a Ford. Well, I'm I'm telling you, Ford has made an enemy out of the Frankster here because Ford Motor Company is preparing to remove AM radio in most of its new and updated 2024 models. This is not just electric vehicles. They're removing AM radio from gas-powered vehicles. This is insane and outrageous, to quote my friend Rita Cosby. 
AM radio is an essential communications lifeblood. We need to be talking about how to expand the reach of AM radio. We need to be talking how to improve AM radio. We need to be talking about how to save AM radio and celebrate AM radio, not how to kill AM radio. I hope Ford reconsiders this. Uh, If they go forward with removing AM radio from their cars... I will never buy a Ford vehicle again. That is a solemn vow. I hope they reconsider. I hope there is a popular outcry on this because this is this is absurd. AM radio provides such an essential service. And one of the places where AM radio is still thriving is in cars. And if Ford wants to take this next step of removing AM radio, it's going to hurt People that not only like me that are on AM radio, I mean, we're on some FM stations too, but we're on AM radio, but people like me who really enjoy and really treasure AM radio. One of my favorite things to do is just hitting the scan button on my AM radio car and at different times a day and depending on where you're driving, you pick up different radio stations. And to me, that's so exciting. To discover something new. Maybe it's a song you hadn't heard. Maybe it's a talk show host you hadn't heard. Maybe it's um, a, a new radio format that you hadn't heard. Maybe it's a preacher. Maybe it's a sporting event. And to think that people would be robbed of that opportunity, which they would be if they're forced to rely just on whatever they click in on their mobile device and on their satellite radio. This is criminal. Not literally, but it may as well be. And these car companies, including Tesla, were giving the, ra- the, the rationale that they had to do it because of the electric vehicles, because the interference from the electric vehicles screws up the AM signal. Now, I thought that was nonsense, but uh, okay, at least it's an, an, a, a rationale. There's no rationale for this. Pure cruelty. And um, shame on you, Ford. I do denounce you. I must also denounce South Carolina State Controller General Richard Ekstrom, who has made a $3.5 billion accounting error. There are now efforts underway to sack him, and uh, he apparently, by his own admission, as he confessed to senators in South Carolina, He had unintentionally exaggerated the state's cash position by $3.5 billion by overstating the amount the state had sent to colleges and universities for a decade. He said he won't resign. Well, why? You clearly are unable to do your job. Now, we all make mistakes. I make 50 mistakes per show. Um, You're unable to do your job. Your job is to count. That's your whole job. If you can't count... To the um, tune of $3.5 billion, you're going to make that kind of a massive error, which it looks like the taxpayers are going to be on the hook for? What good are you? This guy needs to go. Richard Ekstrom, I do denounce you. I must also denounce Dr. Jan McGee, the now former principal of a school in Florida. She was the head of Burns Science and Technology Charter School in Oak Hill, Florida. This woman claims to be a very intelligent woman. 
she was convinced that she was talking to the real Elon Musk for about four months before she sent this unknown scam artist a check for $100,000 of the school's money. This was the principle. This was the principle. Before you send a hundred grand, don't you think you'd forget about checking? Forget about double checking. Don't you think you'd check a thousand times to make sure the person on the other end of the phone conversation or the email conversation really is the person that he's claiming to be? One of the most recognizable, one of the wealthiest men on earth. And yet, um, she's resigning, which I think is the right move. I wish they would do that in South Carolina for the Controller General. This is the quote, uh, and I feel bad for this woman because she seems like a nice lady. But I think, listen to this quote that I'm about to read you, and I think she really is a victim of her own hubris. She said, and this is a quote, I am a very smart lady, well-educated. I fell for a scam. Now, anybody that needs to announce that they're a smart lady or that they're well-educated, chances are they have much too high an opinion of themselves and their own intellect. I'll tell you, a man that I um, really admired, and he was a close friend of mine, even though that we, we disagreed on so many different issues, but he was uh, a brilliant man and a very nice man, is Dr. Herb London who was not only a Ph.D. and had many postgraduate degrees, not only was the writer or editor of 30 books, not only founded a college at NYU, not only started his own think tank, not only was head of another think tank, the guy had a massive brain. And again, even though we often came to different conclusions, he was brilliant. I don't think in all the years that I knew him, he ever once said, I am a very smart man. Now, he was, but he really just had such a love of learning. And that's, in my experience, what most of the smartest people do. Dr. Jan McGee, I do denounce you. I must also denounce the state of North Dakota. Uh, To be specific, the North Dakota state legislature. Fargo, which many of you may remember from the film and TV show, Fargo has a voting process in municipal elections called approval voting, which is a great system. It's maybe not right for your city, but I use it when we're when I'm at a family function or a small social gathering where we're trying to figure out what movie to watch or what uh, game to play. I find approval voting a remarkably effective tool in coming up with something that at least everyone can tolerate. And we've done whole segments on approval voting on the show. And the point is not whether approval voting is good or whether approval voting is bad. The um, the point is. If the state, if the city of Fargo wants approval voting, they should be able to have approval voting. And yet, the North Dakota Senate overwhelmingly passed a bill that is banning approval voting across the state. Well, excuse me, how about you let the people of Fargo, North Dakota, decide what kind of um, what kind of election system they want? 
And then, and then if you don't want that in your city, you don't have to use it. Uh, I mean, if the people of Bismarck or all the other cities named for uh, German cities, Kaiser Wilhelm, North Dakota, and Hitler, North Dakota, if the people of your city don't want approval voting, then pick a system that works better for you. But I hate this trampling of local control. Uh, Some of the best democratic traditions involve local government and giving people the right to choose for themselves how they want to govern themselves. And the fact that, that the state legislature in North Dakota is going to Bigfoot Fargo and say, well, we don't care what you want. We're making the determination for what your city has. Screw you. North Dakota State Legislature, shame on you. I do denounce you. These states and the municipalities within them are supposed to be laboratories of democracy, of experimentation, of showing what works, what could work better, what doesn't work. And it's not for these politicians to supersede the will of the voters in Fargo. North Dakota, I do denounce you. I must also denounce the radio station WFLA in Florida. I believe uh, Lionel actually got his start on that station. It was uh, it's AM nine seventy in Florida, I believe. Well, Jack Harris was the longtime host of this Tampa Bay morning radio show there for News Radio nine seventy WFLA. And after he signed off his show at 7 a.m., iHeartRadio, the owner of this company, the owner of the station, terrible company, by the way. They are the Walmart of radio, and I mean that very disparagingly. After he signed off at 7 a.m., iHeart representatives told him that they were cutting back on expenses and they had to let him go. Now, that happens. It happens in business. It happens all the time in radio. This guy had been on this station for 29 years. They couldn't give him an opportunity to say goodbye to his audience on air. They couldn't have told him right the day before they were going to let him go. We'll give him one last show just to thank people and to say goodbye and to do a farewell show. I know they don't like to do that because they don't want you to curse out management. You know what? That's why there's a seven-second delay. If there's a delay and he says something inappropriate, you bleep it out. Um, I found this to be really classless, but I've come to expect absolutely nothing less from iHeart as a company. I must denounce um, a patient that actually stole uh, an ambulance, if you could believe that. Uh, And it was uh, in my city of New York. This is a a gentleman, 47-year-old man, who was a patient who stole an ambulance that had taken him to a New York City hospital and took it on a 25-mile joyride that ended when state police used a spike strip to stop him. The ambulance he had ridden in was sitting outside the hospital, unlocked, unoccupied, and with the keys in the ignition. 
when the man left the facility just before 5 o'clock in the morning, the man got in and drove off. Um, I don't believe we have his name, but whoever he is, nobody should be stealing ambulances. I do denounce you. And finally, I want to denounce Richard Hutter. Richard Hutter is a fraud's fraud. This is a man who made 1.2 million pounds from fake vinyl records. A businessman who made more than a million pounds selling fake vinyl records was finally caught after a fan of the punk band The Clash, who I love and we've played a lot of, complained that the sound quality of an LP he had bought was not as sharp as it should have been. So trading standards officers launched an investigation into Richard Hutter, and they found that he had been selling thousands of counterfeit records to rock and pop fans over the last six years. He was given a suspended jail sentence in order to do 250 hours of unpaid work and told to wear a tag for three months. He charged up to 35 pounds per album for uh, from bands ranging from the Beatles, Pink Floyd, Nirvana, Amy Winehouse. And um, the guy was a total fraud. These weren't genuine records. They were all counterfeit. So Richard Hutter, I do denounce you. All right, we're going to talk all things Atlantic City, all things related to sand sculpture, and all things related to whales. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. 